0: Hello, everyone. Joey Cagle here. And Antonio Guerra, too. Zoom gives you plenty of time for Thanksgiving get-togethers online this year.
1: Twitter introduces their new feature, Fleets. We've got a ton of Apple news. We've also got quite a bit of GPU news on both AMD and the NVIDIA side. And from Apple, out of nowhere. All this and more. It's time for the
0: tech news and commentary on Joey's Totally Tech. Welcome to the November 20th, 2020 edition of the Tech News and Commentary. We've got 12 pages of tech news to go through, so let's go.
1: All right, so Zoom announces no time limits for family video get-togethers on Thanksgiving. The video conferencing company is giving the gift of unlimited time for your get-togethers for Thanksgiving. Zoom is currently the most popular video conferencing app. They offer free service to users, which is normally up to 40 minutes at a time. Those who pay at least $15 per month have unlimited time, but now for Thanksgiving, it's unlimited. Zoom said they're doing this so your family gatherings don't get cut short. in a tweet.
0: Yeah, that's really awesome. That's great for those of us uh, getting together with family virtually during the pandemic it really sucks we cut off right at 40 minutes yeah i mean
1: it sucks too it's like right around the holidays you know a lot of the covid19 numbers are starting to rise up again too. Yeah. so a lot of people are really worried about uh uh about you know going out and getting infected but, yeah uh, for sure this is really this is one of the you know one of the nice things that uh a lot of that corporations like to do sometimes yeah, so. yeah. thank you zoom
0: i hope you do this for christmas as well I'm sure, I'm sure their business is like quintupled since the pandemic started. Yes, so. <laughs> definitely. So, Twitter rolls out their own stories feature known as Fleets, also testing a clubhouse rival. This week, Twitter launched Fleets to its global user base. This allows users to post temporary content, which will disappear in 24 hours. Facebook and Instagram already have a similar feature with their stories. This feature has already rolled out to Brazil, India, Italy, South Korea, and most recently Japan. In a press briefing on Monday, they also revealed plans to test out an audio-based feature similar to the controversial app known as Clubhouse. Twitter's new audio feature will allow people to get together for live conversations with other people or a group of people. The main difference is Clubhouse is still in a private, invite-only testing phase. Also, Clubhouse has seen a few incidents of moderation failure, such as the harassment of a New York Times reporter and another conversation that delved into anti-Semitism. Twitter is putting forth efforts to combat online abuse, such as the Hide Replies feature, but live audio will be more difficult to moderate than text-based posts.
1: So yeah, it's like you said, kind of they're following kind of what Facebook and Instagram have done. These kind of like micro stories that you'll be able to do now. Right,
0: yeah. That's really interesting. Um, the Clubhouse-like feature with audio... I'm not sure how well that's going to go, because it's kind of hard to really moderate
1: that. So I've never heard of Clubhouse. Really quick, what Um, what is that?
0: I'm not too familiar with it, too, but I think it's like just an audio platform where people can talk to each other and whatnot. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's going to be hard to moderate something like that.
1: All right. Well, in other social media news, Netflix is experimenting with a TikTok-like feed of funny videos. Netflix had already borrowed the concept of short-form video stories from other social apps, but now the company is looking to the full-screen vertical video feed which has been popularized by TikTok. Fast Laughs is Netflix's offering of new short-form comedy clips drawn from its full catalog. This feed includes clips from original and licensed programming. Also included are video clips from existing Netflix social channel Netflix is a Joke, which currently runs clips, longer videos, and other social content across YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It resembles TikTok in the sense that it's swiped through vertically, offers full-screen videos, and places engagement buttons on the right side. The goal is to help Netflix users to discover something new to watch.
0: Yeah, so it seems like uh, this TikTok uh, user interface, no matter what happens to TikTok, and we'll get to that soon, um, other companies are
1: going to copy that. Well, TikTok is, without a doubt, probably the fastest rising social platform right now. So. Yes. That's what always happens. Every time mm-hmm. something happens, they everyone else starts biting their style. Like, you know, like, yeah, like the Snapchat. Snapchat got huge. They got these little micro stories. Now yeah. TikTok is rising up. Now they got these little micro videos. Yeah. Of course, we'll have to
0: see what happens with TikTok in the long run. But anyway, Sunshine Contracts, an invite on the address book app from Marissa Mayer's new startup. Sunshine Contacts is a new cont- uh, contact, rather, management application available for iOS by former Yahoo CEO, Marissa Mayer. It combines data from Apple's Contacts app and Gmail with data from public sources, helping you to organize and clean contacts, fill in missing information, and delete duplicate entries. It will launch as a free invite-only service. So, what do you think about cleaning up your uh, contacts and uh, getting missing info for that
1: so so maybe I, I don't know if I saw that correctly so it automatically gets the missing info for your contact right list?
0: it can check public sources for any missing information that you might uh, need to put in there
1: I mean or, I guess, I guess it's very, it's, it sounds too. very handy but I don't know if what this falls on the wrong hands Joey
0: yeah and what if you have uh, certain email addresses or what not that you don't want uh everyone contacting you
1: i mean i guess secondly you could do the legwork yourself but i mean i guess if it makes it just that more convenient you know what i'm saying it's sort of like um you know people have like a cody box yeah you could you know you could pay to have a fire stick in your tv or something like that Or you just go on the tv and search for each thing individually so right i guess it just makes it more convenient
0: yeah it it does but um yeah i'm not sure what records online they're searching really but you know i think yeah the downside though is probably certain privacy issues you know
1: i mean i guess like i said i guess it's positive and a negative just like anything else so yeah all right so google is launching a new tool to help keep cities cool google released a tool which maps out where trees are needed the most cities warm up around buildings and an easy way to cool these places down is to plant more trees Google's Tree Canopy Lab is using aerial imagery and AI to locate every tree in a city. Data is then plotted on a map with additional data on population density and area temperatures. They tested it in Los Angeles and found that more than half of the residents lived in places where trees shaded less than 10% of the neighborhood. The city has faced more intense heatwaves over the last 50 years and now has a goal of planting 90,000 trees in the city by 2021. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, that's... by the end of 2021, or in like the next month. Or uh, a half?
0: I, I assume by the end of 2021. Okay. I mean, I lived in Los Angeles for a very short time, and I can tell you, there's not enough trees there.
1: I mean, it's a desert. That's always it is, is weird. Yeah. It's like they think, like, oh, we're gonna.
0: I mean, there's plenty of palm trees, but you know, not enough like but those other are in trees. trees. It's a yeah. desert. Like, like yeah, I <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, they just gotta get the water, or at least. If they don't have the water for like trees that we have in North Carolina, yeah. maybe certain types of trees, like eucalyptus trees, don't need as much water as what trees need out here. Eucalyptus trees are popular in California. Though they're not native there, they grow there well,
1: pretty I guess, well. I guess the, the psychology is more trees you plant, then maybe you slow down for a warming a little bit, then it rains a little bit more. Yeah.
0: So. I mean, there's that too. All right. So, Foxconn reportedly is testing a folding iPhone for the September 2022 release. Supply chain reports claim that the long-term assembly partner, Foxconn, is testing an iPhone for Apple, which is a folding iPhone. This also backs up a claim that Apple ordered screens for a foldable iPhone from Samsung. According to the report, the testing centers on the use of OLED and MicroLED. This choice will affect how production of a final product will be done. China's United Daily News said Apple asked Foxconn to test the screen and also the bearings, the actual folding element of a folding iPhone device. The bearings will reportedly come from multiple supplies but the final assembly will be handled at Foxconn.
1: So I suppose, uh, I think, I guess, folding phones would be the next big wave. If Apple's going to do it, you know everyone else is going to do it. So I,
0: I guess, but I know so far, I don't really think it's caught
1: on that much. Let's well, see think, what happens with Apple. Though. I think if Apple does it, they're going to do it right. They're not right. going to make a piece of crap. I, mean, yeah. I, I think the only piece of crap I've ever seen them make was like, what is it, the was it iPhone 6 plus I think would fold in your pocket or something like that Right. other than that they have a pretty good record as far as quality is Yeah. and Apple
0: tends to maybe they don't come out with the idea initially but they tend to perfect
1: the ideas that do come out that's what I'm saying though they released the first folding phone like this year or last year Mm -hmm. I mean there's a reason why Apple hasn't released a phone yet right alright so uh, so why have a folding phone when you can roll your phone The OPPO-X 2021 is a concept smartphone with a rollable display.
0: I think it'll be easier to say Oppo, but you could continue on. Okay.
1: Yeah. We learned last month LG was working on a rollable smartphone as part of its Explorer project. Project B was teased during the LG Win launch and is expected to hit the market in March next year. But Oppo has beaten LG to the punch with the new Oppo-X 2021 concept phone. It was showcased recently at Inno Day. 2020 alongside the Oppo AR glass 2021 and Oppo cyber reel. The phone features a continuously variable rollable OLED display and uses Oppo's proprietary roll motor powertrain to expand the display from 6.7 inches to 7.4 inches. So it goes from being a regular smartphone to being more of a phablet.
0: So here's where I got things wrong with a rolling phone previously, as we did mention it on the tech news and commentary a while back. I thought this was something that you could roll up like a scroll or something, you know? That's what I thought they meant by rolling, but I've looked at the video and saw it's actually like an additional screen that slides from underneath the first screen. And so it's like rolling <coughs> devices on the sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was not understanding that initially when I first read about rolling phones.
1: So I thought it was like it rolls, like maybe like around your wrist. So you could wear like a big watch or something like that. I mean,
0: that would be pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, it'd be like uh, kind of like what Leela has in Futurama, just yeah. a little display on your wrist.
0: Right, yeah. So AMD announces the Instinct MI100 GPU and CDNA breaks the. 10 teraflop barrier. AMD has announced a 7 nanometer Instinct MI100 GPU, along with other designs from Dell, HPE, and Supermicro. This is the first iteration of AMD's compute-focused cDNA GPU architecture. It offers up to 11.5 teraflops of peak FP64 throughput. This is the first GPU to break 10 teraflops in FP64, and is a 300% improvement over the previous MI50. It's also boasting a peak throughput of 23.1 teraflops in FP32 workloads, beating NVIDIA's A100 GPU in both categories. But it does lag with other numerical formats. This data center GPU is designed for AI and HPC workloads, And also supports second-generation Infinity Fabric, which doubles the peer-to-peer I.O. bandwidth between the cards and allows them to share unified memory address space with CPUs. It supports AMD's new Matrix Core technology, which boosts performance in single and mixed precision Matrix operations. The card comes with 32 gigabytes of HBM2 memory. AMD claims the cards offer up to 1.8 to 2.1 times more peak performance per dollar when compared to Nvidia's A100 GPUs. Also, AMD announced its open source Rock M 4.0 developer software. It now has an open source compiler and unified support for OpenMP 5.0, HIP, PyTorch, and TensorFlow. Uh, keep in mind, this GPU we're talking about here, it's not your desktop GPU or uh, gaming GPU
1: that you put in your computer. Yeah,
0: This is for the data center. Gotcha.
1: See, I don't know anything about GPUs, but uh, 10 teraflop sounds pretty impressive. It is.
0: That that teraflop, it's just the amount of uh, power it has, essentially.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know what a teraflop is. I just didn't, I don't know anything about GPUs. Right. I mean, yeah. obviously, it's a lot of power. It,
0: it's hard to explain. In fact, I don't know quite enough about the teraflops,
1: really. <laughs> All right. So, but why use GPUs when we have Cerebra's wafer-sized chip at 10,000 times the speed? Cerebra's system is the maker of WSE, which is the world's largest computer chip. Recently, they announced their CS1 system is 10,000 times faster than a GPU, meaning AI neural networks that previously took months to train can now train in minutes. The system has 1.2 trillion transistors, which is much more than NVIDIA's largest GPU at 54.2 billion transistors. A single chip is 26 inches and requires a custom wafer scale processing engine for its power.
0: Yeah, so I mean that's pretty exciting for like uh AI. Pretty scary if you're scared of AI. Uh yeah, I mean uh,
1: it's ten thousand times faster than a GPU. Yeah. So now what used to take AI months to shrink and it'll happen in minutes. So Yeah, that's like that's gonna be fast stuff. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. I think a lot of people, they, in AI that we have right now is still very limited. Right. Like, they just figured out how to beat, like, people in board games. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a while before they're, like, sentient. But I, I still... Don't, I don't know if it's
0: ever really going to become sentient, honestly. I, I, could, think,
1: I could be totally wrong, I, I think, given the technology, I think it's going to become pretty close, at least. Yeah. I think it's going to come to a point where you can mimic emotions enough i don't think it'll be sentient quote-unquote like it knows it's alive or anything like that yeah
0: you don't do you think it would be like what we see in like movies and tv shows like let's say star trek do you see data the android appearing
1: i mean i don't know let's yeah i think like what's the human brain it's just a bunch of neurons that evolved and here we are you know what i'm saying so yeah
0: for sure you never know in the future yeah Apple's M1 chip outperforms the GTX 1050 Ti and Radeon RX 560 in benchmarks and emulates graphically demanding apps or the M1 uh, computers rather they emulate graphically demanding apps faster than Intel-based Macs can run them. Apple's M1 system on a chip has beat the lower-end gaming cards like the GTX 1050 Ti and rx 560 in the gfx bench 5.0 benchmark apple's chip outperformed nvidia's product by about 25 to 30 percent most tests and it's the same when compared with amd's rx 560. but the caveats gfx bench 5.0 is designed for benchmarking smartphones these systems were running apple's metal api so direct comparisons are a bit difficult yet This is still impressive when compared against two dedicated 75-watt TDP graphics cards. The GTX 1050 Ti is the second most popular card among Steam users. These new Macs are also running some Intel applications faster than Intel-based Macs can. This is because of a technology in macOS Big Sur called Rosetta 2. So essentially, even though it's emulated, you're not seeing a performance hit when compared to running it on an Intel Mac. There's also universal apps, which include both an Intel and M1 version so that it can run on any Mac. The first Macs coming with the M-Series chipset are a MacBook Air at $999, the Mac Mini at $699, and the MacBook Pro 13 at $1,299. All right, so
1: you sound like some pretty fancy chips.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's really impressive, uh, especially considering that they're beating... uh, I mean, I've got an RX 460 in my uh, computer here. I do, like, maybe some eSports-type gaming, not anything really graphically intense that you'd need, like, higher-end cards for. But um, it, the RX 460 is essentially an older version of the RX 560. But yeah, this is beating that, which is uh, pretty impressive. Uh, I think one of the things you criticize Apple for in the past is um, coming with some pretty weak GPUs. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Um, I mean, they're GPUs that are good enough for, like, graphic design, but... If you wanted to do like some light gaming on them, it might not even be able to handle that well, you know?
1: Yeah, I know they're not the easiest things to like uh, modify either, so.
0: Right. I mean, of course, um, the gaming, they've had to uh, recompile games for uh, the ARM processors, which by the way, we're going to talk about one in the gaming news
1: that has been recompiled for the new Macs. Okay. So uh, Apple has responded to privacy concerns over Mac's software security process. A number of Mac users had trouble opening apps last week. The problem seemed to be caused by an Apple security protocol, which was responsible for checking that software comes from trusted sources. This prompted some to criticize Apple for collecting too much information about users' activities. Apple has responded with promises that it will change how these protocols work in the future. Apple announced the changes on its support pages, adding a new privacy protection section on a page called safety open apps for your Mac. Apple's gatekeeper service, quote, performs online checks to verify if an app contains known malware and whether the developer's signing certificate is revoked, unquote. They also clarify how Apple uses the data and outline new safeguards being introduced this next year. The complaints focus on a protocol known as the Online Certificate Status Protocol Service, or OCSP. This feature checks that Apple's developer certificate has it intervoked before it's allowed to launch.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, that seems to be a minor inconvenience, but it sounds like they've uh, worked everything out as far as that goes.
1: I know you said before that... Uh, Apple is usually praised for their security and their um, privacy.
0: Yeah, I didn't mention this in our script here, but uh, there was actually a blog post claiming that Apple was using the information from these apps and they weren't really using it. It's just that they uh, just were trying to verify Uh, the app developers and the certificates and everything. Okay. It was uh, mainly for your protection in case there's like malware or anything.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
0: Yeah. So uh, macOS Big Sur update is breaking some of the older MacBook Pro models. You may want to avoid the latest update on the late 2013 and mid 2014 13 inch MacBook Pros as it's reported that an update is breaking these devices. A thread on the MacRumors forum shows a significant number of users reporting this issue, and similar problems have been reported on Reddit and the Apple support communities. Users say that during updating to Big Sur, their machines are stuck displaying a black screen. Key reset combinations such as NVRAM, SMC, safe mode, and internet recovery are all inaccessible after attempting to install the update and it leaves no way to bypass the screen it's unclear exactly how many users have been affected but these are the oldest models which will support mac os big Sur. it sounds like apple might have goofed up here and supporting those uh, oldest models
1: yeah i mean stuff like this just happens sometimes like you know so, yeah, I mean, I get it. Obviously, this is a bit inconvenient for people with older MacBooks. Right. But.
0: Yeah, but I think Apple might have needed to do
1: a little more testing as yeah. far as that goes. Oh, well. No use, Chrome, or spilt milk. Just All clean right. it up, right? Yeah. All right. So, uh, Apple announces App Store's small business program, reducing App Store commission to 15% for small businesses. Small business earning up to $1 million per year can join this program. This is a new developer program created to accelerate innovation and help small businesses and independent developers propel their business forward with the next generation of groundbreaking apps. The new program should benefit the majority of developers who sell digital goods and services on the store and provide them with a reduced commission on paid apps and in-app purchases. The new program will launch on January 1st, 2021.
0: This does nothing for Epic Games and their battle with Apple, however. Yeah, because I mean, Epic Games is definitely making well over a million dollars with Fortnite and other games that they have.
1: I think Epic Games will be just fine, obviously. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, they, this, this helps Joe Blow in yeah. his garage somewhere, right? So. But
0: of course, they've been involved with this lawsuit against Apple. Oh, yeah, this for a is while. definitely <laughs> a
1: backlash to that. I, I feel right. like, um, you know, the the suit with um, with Epic definitely open a lot of people's eyes to like really they're taking 30 percent because i I wasn't i didn't know about it. I'm like wow that seems like a lot like yeah and you're getting it from these you know billion dollar gaming companies that's one thing but you're taking it out of the pocket of some dude that's just trying to make a little game on his phone you know what i'm saying
0: yeah definitely and and the last of the apple news for now apple is to pay 113 million dollars to settle battery gate The company on Wednesday agreed to pay $113 million to settle consumer fraud lawsuits which were brought by more than 30 states over allegations it secretly slowed down older phones, uh, older iPhones that is. The controversy has become known as Battery Gate. Apple initially denied that they purposely slowed down the iPhones but later said they were doing so in order to preserve battery life amid reports of iPhones unexpectedly turning off. Apple maintained it wasn't necessary for iPhone users to replace their phones, but state attorneys general, led by Arizona, found people who saw no other choice. According to state investigators, Apple's move boosted iPhone sales Quote, potentially buy millions of devices per year, end quote. This slowdown reportedly affected iPhones that had been released between 2014 and 2016, first coming to light after iPhone users complained on Reddit and tech blogs.
1: So I just want to start by saying, when I first read the headline, I was thinking, if it costs $113 million to settle battery gate, I hate to see how much it would cost to settle Assault Gate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah, I mean, like I know I you know I know you know that I just recently got rid of my 6S because mm-hmm. it was starting to be slow. Yeah, you know, I think it's just one of those things. Like, uh, I mean, I, I get it. Maybe they're having a battery issue, so they're trying yeah. to slow down some stuff to help combat that. But at the same time, yeah, obviously they're gonna. It's right. gonna if your phone is slowing down, then mm-hmm. you're gonna obviously want to buy yeah. a new phones so. now my phone isn't going that
0: slow but it, the battery does get eaten up pretty quickly but i've also got a third-party battery in there so i okay. don't know if that makes a difference possibly okay yeah airbnb ipo this past week And they actually turned a profit last quarter. On Monday, the company released its prospectus to debut debut on public markets. Airbnb allows users to book short-term rentals and experiences while traveling. The company made $219 million in net income on revenues of $1.34 billion last quarter it's actually down about 19% from a year ago. Of course, this could partly be due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The company has primarily turned net losses, but they've had occasional quarters of profitability, such as Q2 and Q3 of 2018 and Q3 of 2019. The company will trade under the a b and b symbol on nasdaq
1: so yeah i think air uh, airbnb that's a pretty cool service have you ever used them before
0: oh yeah we used them. my girlfriend and i used them uh this uh past summer or this summer rather yeah. uh when we went up to boone for our little
1: vacation i think one of the coolest things i've noticed just like in society in the past 10 years is just the rise of the gig economy so you got things mm-hmm. like Airbnb, you got, you know, Uber Lyft, you can, you know, deliver parcels for people, you can pick up people's right. groceries. You just you can just pick without your phone, mm-hmm. fill out a form, and they'll send you a decal or whatever. And yeah. you're you're up and running, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It's crazy. Uh, yeah,
0: exactly. Of course there's uh, positives and negatives to the gig economy, which we won't get into today. That might be a good uh, topic for a bonus uh for Content sometime in the future.
1: Foreshadowing. Yeah. All right. So uh, Amazon is shifting Alexa's cloud AI to their own silicon. On Thursday, Amazon AWS announced that they have moved most of their cloud processing for Alexa personal assistant off of NVIDIA GPUs onto their own Infrareda. I
0: think it's Inferentina.
1: Inferentina or, appi-
0: or Inferentia. My, Inferentia. Inferentia
1: yeah. sounds like a Mexican soft drink. <laughs> <laughs> Inferentia application-specific integrated circuit. Sebastian Storma CQ and Amazon's...
0: I think it's Stormac. Actually, <laughs> okay.
1: I, I thought we're I thought we're talking about the circuit still. Yeah. Sebastian Stormac, an Amazon developer, describes the Infer <laughs> Inferentia's. Hardware design That's a difficult word to say, I think. <laughs> All right. So, um, and here he was quoted as saying, AWS Inferentia is a custom chip built by AWS to accelerate machine learning inference workloads and optimize their cost. Each AWS Inferentia chip contains four neuron cores. Each neuron core <laughs> implements a high-performance systolic array matrix multiply engine, which massively speeds up typical deep learning operations such as convolution and transformers. Neuron cores are also equipped with a large on-chip cache, which comes which helps cut down on external memory access, dramatically reducing latency and increasing throughput. End quote. Devices such as the Echo or Echo Dot, which make use of the Alexa personal assistant, do very little processing. Instead, they rely on the technology within within the Amazon data center in Amazon's cloud. So yeah, there's some hard words in that story. What do you think? <laughs>
0: I, I, I mean, I understand the basics of it. You yeah. know, they're just uh, moving to their own uh, chip. I don't know if this is ARM-based. It might be an ARM-based chip. I could be wrong, though. I haven't done much research into it yet. But they're just uh, getting off of one company's chip again onto their own chip.
1: Yeah, I think it's just, you know... Uh... Amazon, they're trying to do as much stuff in-house as possible. Yeah, I mean, they could probably sell these chips to other companies at some point. That's true. I mean, they're doing a lot of stuff with robotics. Yeah. I mean, these, even the deliveries back in the day, it was just... You get your stuff through UPS or FedEx. Now, it's Amazon yeah. trucks. They, they just bought their own planes a few years ago, yeah. so...
0: Yeah, I mean... Pretty soon, you're going to start buying drugs from Amazon. I mean, Amazon's getting into the pharmacy business, you know. (laughs) Amazon is going into the pharmacy business with Amazon Pharmacy, allowing U.S. customers to order prescription medications for home delivery, including free delivery for Amazon Prime members. Amazon has been quietly building out its pharmacy offering for a few years after ramping up internal discussions in 2017 and acquiring PillPack in 2018. Amazon Pharmacy, which was announced Tuesday, is the company's biggest push yet into the $300 billion market. This threatens the dominance of traditional pharmacies such as CVS and Walgreens, and perhaps other large retailers with pharmacy services such as Walmart. Many pharmacy stocks fell upon this announcement, while Amazon's shares closed slightly higher, Americans are increasingly relying on getting medicine via mail to avoid possible COVID exposure. This could be a permanent shift as more people have learned about new ways of receiving their medication.
1: Do you think the new ways that they're receiving medication are legal, Joe?
0: I mean, I don't know what's illegal about it right now. (laughs) I mean, especially if
1: Amazon's getting into it, you know all right so uh actually i think this is kind of cool i I know we talk about like the death of brick and mortar so obviously Mm -hmm. CVS and walgreens are in trouble just like yeah target and walmart and all these other places Mm -hmm. but um you know i think easier access to medication that can't be a bad thing
0: right and
1: you know that might be
0: easier to have privacy there i mean of course there's hipaa laws which prevent uh, pharmacies from sharing all the information yeah but still I mean, it's this kind of be, yeah. a lot
1: of people I'm not the yeah. type of person but someone said right. oh here's your e- but, e- medication but, I, mean,
0: I mean you you might be a little concerned if you're at the pharmacy and other people are just walking by you might be concerned uh people
1: are overhearing I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about just being self conscious, just being like, okay, this person knows I have this issue. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm not that type of person, but I could see where other people might have anxiety about something. Exactly. Yeah. So the Trump admin
0: is putting a hold on uh, the TikTok ban that they seem to have forgotten about.
1: Yeah. So uh, the Department of Commerce has put a stay on enforcing the executive order, which would have enforced the short term video app to suspend all U.S. operations by now. This may be a sign that the proposed ban isn't particularly important to the administration any longer. The Wall Street Journal reports that orders are on hold pending further legal developments in multiple lawsuits. President Trump signed the executive order earlier this year. The deadline fell on November 12th. Parent company ByteDance has yet to divest any portion of TikTok, but it has a sort of deal in place with Oracle, which the White House seems to be okay with after the announcement in September. White Dance filed an appeal in federal court earlier this week, asking for more time to make the deal happen. Now the U.S. government just has to remember what's going on. Yeah, I guess they kind of forgot about that, didn't they? Well, he's got enough uh, stuff going on trying to sue the Supreme Court, or whatever he's doing for yeah. the elections. Well, yeah, so. well,
0: not sue the Supreme Court, but yes, yeah, not sue the Supreme. You know, what I'm sue about. the states and whatever to get recounts and try to. Take back the election you know I'm not going to get too into that because we've got people on both sides of the issue, but I think I have expressed uh, my concerns about Trump before and uh, my um dislike of Trump you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So You mentioned it once or twice. Right. So Chip- Chipotle? Chipotle is going to open its first digital-only you're, restaurant. You're really,
1: you're really bringing out the music and the language right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're going to open their first digital-only restaurant. As online orders increase, this new restaurant will open in Highland Falls, New York. Unlike traditional Chipotle-con uh, locations, rather, Chipotle locations, there will be no dining room or a line for ordering. Rather, customers are ordering in advance on the Chipotle app, website, or third-party delivery service. This new design is meant for urban areas where real estate is more expensive and full-size restaurants aren't possible. The design will be able to accommodate large catering orders as well, which will have their own entry and lobby
1: for pickup. So this is kind of interesting. Like I, uh, like you said in the story, now you can have like in a large city where real estate is very expensive, you can have a really small operation. So yeah, definitely. And I think that's going to be a
0: big thing right now during the COVID pandemic. After that, I mean, that's still useful as well. Of course, I'd like restaurants, partly for the social aspect, this doesn't have that, but I guess wherever you're ordering, if you're doing catering, for example, there's going to be the social aspect there too.
1: I think in urban settings too, that would really thrive, just because you know you have a lot of businesses, you got apartments, you know, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people that live that kind of lifestyle. Well, a lot of them get a lot of food delivered anyway, so right. Yes. All right. So, uh, seamless car charging comes to Electrify America with Plug and Charge. Fast charging electric vehicles at an Electrify America station is now more seamless for some electric vehicles a new feature called plug and charge has been implemented it's a user-friendly name for the ISO 15118 standard which enables an electric car to talk to the charger and handle authentication and billing fast charging a Tesla is very seamless with this you show up and plug in your car and it will do the rest but other cars may be less seamless you may have to carry a dongle on your keys or use an app on your phone to authenticate the charger uh, but sometimes that doesn't work, and you have to call the phone number on the side of the box and ask them to turn it on from their side. The problem is the feature needs to be enabled on the car side as well, which is beyond the scope of almost all non-Tesla electric vehicles on the road currently, at least without an update. But model year 2021 Porsche Taycans, Lucid Airs, and Ford Mustang Mach-E's will support plug in charge
0: Yeah, so I think that's uh, great for anyone with electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, of course the non-teslas will need to update unless you're getting one of these uh, newer models coming out okay so GM is recalling the Chevy bolt electric cars due to a uh, battery fire risk 70,000 of the Chevy uh, Chevrolet bolt rather, Uh, Battery-operated cars are being recalled in the latest in a series of safety-related automaker callbacks stemming from problems with the EV batteries. The company said it's recalling 68,667 2017-2019 to model-year Volt hatchbacks globally, including 51,000 which were sold in the U.S. They have high-voltage batteries made by LG Chem, that may catch fire when charged above 90%. GM is asking Bolt owners to take their cars to dealerships for a software upgrade which will limit the recharging to 90% of full battery capacity. This is a short-term fix as they work to find a permanent remedy.
1: This kind of reminds me of the, uh, was it the Samsung phones that were exploding? Yes,
0: a few years ago, yeah. I remember
1: that. I remember my uncle, he's, uh, He's a uh, plumbing wholesaler. Well, he does like plumbing and all kinds of appliances. He mm-hmm. said so after, after that happened, like no one was buying Samsung anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I know that really hit Samsung hard. So, stuff like that that can really mess up uh, your public image. So, For sure. Um, hopefully, um, you know, I know that GM isn't doing the best. So, hopefully, they're doing a the, They can recover right. from this. All right. And we'll be right back after this message. Well- Welcome back, and let's get to the gaming news. AMD 6800
0: and 6800 XT graphics cards are now out, and so are the reviews. The NDA has lifted, and the new AMD graphics cards are out, and reviews are showing promising results. The 6800 XT is sometimes faster than the RTX 3080 and even an RTX 3090, especially at 1080p. The 6800 XT is proving to be better than the 3080 when it comes to price to performance. However, 4K and higher resolutions seem to favor Nvidia cards, as NVIDIA's higher bandwidth memory allows it to pull more frames than the AMD Navi cards.
1: All right, so uh, I guess uh, people are liking these new cards.
0: Yeah, they are. I mean, NVIDIA's still winning on the like higher uh, monitor, higher end monitors rather, 4K. But how many people actually have those 4K monitors? I, I don't have any 4K monitors, honestly, because yeah. I'm poor
1: yeah i was watching uh i was watching something on the internet yesterday actually they're talking about you know a lot of people are you know getting like the xbox series x and the ps5 mm-hmm. but you know they don't have the monitors capable to you know get the most out of the system right and people aren't really used to that i think with the last system well i guess the ps4 pro and this and the one x mm-hmm. but the, the base systems you know i think the highest they went up to was 1080p. That's pretty ambiguous. In that yeah. Not a lot of people have 4K at mm-hmm. this point either. So. Right. And I mean, I'm happy
0: gaming at 1080p anyway. I mean, like, I'm happy gaming at 1366 by 768, if I'm honest. Yeah. But that's just me. Uh, some people are really uh, hardware snobs, you know? <laughs> I
1: don't think it's much hardware snobs. I think it's just they want the, 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 the best graphics possible. That's yeah. the biggest thing. They, well, want to, yeah. they want to see all the freaking wrinkles and bowls and whiskers. But if you
0: talk to them, it's like those are the type of people that say you can't have a gaming PC under like X amount of dollars. Oh, yeah. When but I totally I could, it may not be the resolution that they wanted out. I could totally build a gaming PC for
1: less. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> uh So NVIDIA GeForce RTX 3060 Ti performance leaked and it's faster than the RTX 2080 Super. A slide that was released shows NVIDIA expects the new RTX 3060 Ti to be 1.4 times faster than the RTX 2060 Super. No performance figures were given, but the cards were apparently tested with stock clocks at 1440p resolution and using an Intel Core i9-10900K CPU. NVIDIA appears to be targeting the RTX 2080 Super with this new model being slightly faster. NVIDIA has yet to confirm the specifications of the graphics card, but they did confirm the RTX 3060 will launch on December 2nd.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty impressive, considering this is going to be more of a mid-range card. It's beating the previous generation's high-end cards pretty uh, fairly easily, I'd say. Okay. Yeah. So... Nvidia uh, is going to have a feature similar to AMD's Smart Access Memory tech. I think I talked a little bit about that last week. Okay. AMD's latest performance boosting tech for their big Navi cards might not be a huge advantage after all, as Nvidia told Gamers Nexus that they will soon be soon enable rather a feature similar to Smart Access Memory. This boosts data transfer efficiency between the GPU and CPU. Nvidia already has the feature working on their Ampere graphics cards in its labs. Nvidia claims this feature will work equally well with Intel and AMD processors and can use the PCI 3.0 bus, whereas AMD's smart access memory only works with AMD Ryzen. 5,000 series processors, X570 motherboards, and a Radeon RX 6000 GPU. NVIDIA also suggested AMD's feature consists of adjusting PCIe's resizable bar feature, which can be done on almost any modern motherboard if the manufacturer supports the option. Yeah, so, I mean, NVIDIA, one thing, as far as the desktop PCs go... Yeah. You know, NVIDIA doesn't make CPUs, except they do own ARM. Okay. uh, But uh, other companies license uh, the ARM architecture from them... Gotcha. ...and make their own CPUs based on that. So, NVIDIA themselves doesn't make CPUs. They don't have a dog in that fight. So, they are willing to... Uh, have this uh, feature work on both intel and amd processors where amd just has that feature work between amd cards and amd processors gotcha so now people aren't going to be quite as locked into amd as amd had hoped i think okay well
1: yeah competition is always good for the industry right It, it is
0: you know but I think AMD was kind of banking on that and now they might have to find a way to uh, support the Intel chips now if uh, what they're doing is possible with
1: that. Well our old friend Chuck Darwin say you got to adapt to survive, right? Right. Alright, so uh, Blizzard updates World of Warcraft to run on ARM-based Macs. Blizzard announced World of Warcraft runs natively on Apple Silicon now. This is just in time for the launch of Apple's latest MacBooks powered by the Apple M1 SoC. Blizzard isn't shying away from the potential issues, however. They said, quote, While our testing has been successful, we are highly aware of the nature of day one support with updates like this, end quote. With the M1 being on par with the GTX 1050 Ti, it should be capable of running the game at low settings. Yeah, I wonder how many people, or
0: how many companies rather, are going to be porting their games over to Apple. I mean, World of Warcraft is a pretty big one. Um, I don't know how many other companies are going to do this. So, I mean, Apple has not really been a big gaming platform.
1: Well, I mean, I think they're trying to break into that. Like, I know... uh, they focus a lot on gaming, like on their app store, on the mobile uh, space. So. Well,
0: I, I don't know. It's like um, Steve Jobs was never much into gaming, and I don't think Tim Cook is all that interested either. Really? I, I never got. I mean, yes, there are games on the iPhone, though it's mostly like uh, not the hardcore gaming stuff. More like the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, casual games. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's right. That's all right. All right. Double brain farts uh, yeah, over here. Yeah, it, it wasn't coming to my mind. So, uh, I think Apple has even said that they weren't that interested in gaming. So, Well, they're um, on
1: track to be one of the first trillion dollar companies. So, whatever they're doing, it's working. Right, yes.
0: <laughs> so, there's a problem with the disk drive on the Xbox Series X. New owners of the Xbox Series X are reporting issues with their disk drives. Videos are on the internet showing the drive whirring loudly or making strange clicking sounds after accepting a disc. And that's assuming the console accepts the game at all. Some videos show it's having trouble with the game insertion as well. Some players have said things improve if they try placing their console consoles rather horizontally or vertically. One thread on Reddit shows players saying they're forcing their games into their console. Others say they only hear loud sounds while installing games. Microsoft has yet to comment on the problem specifically, but is encouraging users to check out their devices and troubleshoot problems via the official self-support page.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, this is the price you pay for being an early adopter. You, know, mm-hmm. you get the new stuff on day one, and then something like this happens. So, you know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Yeah, definitely.
0: So, uh, ps is also having a glitch. Tell us about it. Yes, Antonio. more
1: next-gen console woes. The ps 5 sword's glitch is bricking consoles, and here's how to avoid it. Uh, Some users have already had their PS5 systems bricked due to a storage glitch. This issue came up on November 10th when YouTuber ACG tweeted about it. Quote, At this time, my PS5 is 100% dead. I was having the storage rebuild issues others reported, but mine escalated to full errors and network issues slash boot. Sony and I were working throughout troubleshooting when it died completely. End quote. The issue seems to be caused when the system tells the players they need to rebuild the storage. It's unclear how widespread this issue is, but it seems that Marvel Spider-Man Remastered is the main culprit. This is a bonus for Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales Ultimate Edition. Because this game seems to be the cause of the glitch, you may want to avoid playing Marvel's Spider-Man Remastered until there's a patch or more is learned about the nature of this issue. If you absolutely have to play the game, just be careful and make sure you've completely exited the game before you put your PS5 into sleep mode. The PS5 doesn't feature quick resume. The best way to know if the issue won't happen to you is if you just boot up another game like Demon's Souls before putting your PS5 into rest mode. If you can do that, then you can avoid the PS5 glitch. Yeah, so have you gotten
0: a PS5 yet, or are you waiting? No,
1: not yet. I uh, I might get one after the holidays. I'm not sure. We'll okay. see what happens. Hopefully they've got that patched or worked out or something by then. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I'm yeah. sure. they gotta they got to get uh, all the Black Friday crowd get done with theirs. That way us good Christian boys can get our nice, clean systems. Right. <laughs>
0: so another PS5 story. PS5 users could accidentally be playing the PS4 version of Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. If you buy the cross-gen bundle, or the Ultimate Edition, you get both the PS4 and PS5 versions of the game. After buying the game in the PlayStation Store, you can pick and choose which parts you want to download. If you hit download all, of course you've downloaded both versions, and when you do this, it seems the PS5 tends to default to the PS4 version when you hit play. In order to play the PS5 version, you'll have to hit the three dots icon next to the play button and change your selection to the PS5 version. The user interface will refresh, and then you can play the PS5 version.
1: Yeah, so uh, I mean, it seems like a quick little oversight. I'm sure they can change that. But I think it's kind of funny. People are playing the PS5, PS4. I'm sorry, the PS4 version of Call of Duty on the PS5. Yeah. And I'm sure it gets upscaled. So it's like, oh, my God, this looks so awesome. And they're like, (laughs) wait a minute. Yeah, I know. (laughs) All right, so uh, Nintendo Game & Watch Handheld. Nintendo has released a clock that plays Super Mario Bros. It's modeled after the Game & Watch handhelds, which predated the Game Boy. It has a color scheme inspired by the original Japanese Famicom console. It comes with Super Mario Bros., the Japanese version of Super Mario Bros. 2, known here in the U.S. as the Lost Levels, and Ball, a 1980 LCD juggling game, this time featuring Mario. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I haven't played Ball before. I mean... I've seen it on, like, YouTube and stuff, though. And I've seen some of the Game & Watch uh, watches back in the day. Uh, I thought this was a cool uh, retro throwback that they're coming out with. I don't know that it's going to be anything
1: big. I know Nintendo said it's kind of a limited release, though. Yeah, I remember, like, way back in the day. This might have been, like, 89, 1990. I had, like, the little watch... And then you could play like a little game on it of Mario. Yeah, like oh, all yeah. the cool platforms. That you know, when you're like, you know, video games are, you know, just coming mm-hmm. out really. So you just yeah. like blowing your mind like, holy oh, cow, I can play games while like, my oh, am Yeah. So then, uh, I never played a Game & Watch either myself, but I had, like, I played like this little Tiger Electronic handheld D ads back in the day. So.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, finally, for the gaming news, the Oculus Quest 2 update adds 90 hertz refresh rate fitness tracking, and more. An update has rolled out for the Quest 2 version 23 of the software brings improvements such as the launch of the Oculus Move fitness tracking feature. Many updates will also benefit the original Quest. The update includes a 90 hertz refresh rate in menus and select apps, Oculus Move fitness tracking, reduced latency, and Quest resolution improvements. Onboard tutorials onboarding tutorials rather and voice command improvements
1: all right so this is uh, I guess just another uh, piece of uh, yeah a technology with you know more stuff about you on it so <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I mean just uh, for those of you who bought the oculus quest 2. And play games on that. You know?
1: I mean I know you know VR gaming it can be pretty labor intensive. Like, yeah. I, I played that. I you ever played Super Hot before? Uh I have a game yet. I have not played it. But well you can imagine like in <laughs> VR you gotta like you know, you know the premise of the game is people are shooting at you, but like you know, you, you can only shoot like on any time you shoot, like it causes time to move. So you can like right. move out of the way, like matrix and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh and even stuff like uh, Beat Saber that's kind of like mm-hmm. it's, you know it's like a rhythm game but you're swinging like these lightsabers around but right you, you get your heart rate up doing stuff like that so oh, yeah you you're definitely playing like certain vr games could definitely uh have health benefits I yeah think. thankfully i've got taekwondo for that there you go i'm actually uh about to join a yoga studio right down the street from my house nice. so i'm pretty excited about that all right so uh, now let's delve into the space and science news
0: So, COVID vaccine from Moderna, I think I screwed that word up, Moderna, shows a 95% effectiveness rate. After Pfizer's announcement of their 90% effectiveness rate, Moderna has announced their effectiveness rate at 95%, according to the early data. Both companies are using highly innovative and experimental approaches to designing the vaccines. Moderna, or Moderna's trial, rather, involved thirty thousand people in the U.S. with half being given two doses of the vaccine for four weeks apart. The rest had placebos. Only five COVID cases had been reported in people given the vaccine, while ninety were reported in those given the placebo. There were eleven cases of severe COVID. But none in the people who were immunized. Pfizer also has since updated their effectiveness rate to 95% as more data has come out.
1: All right. So, uh, now you know what I just said about early adoption. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think about these? Uh, they're starting to come out with these COVID-19 vaccinations.
0: Uh, So far, there haven't been any safety issues involved. The 95% effectiveness rate is really good. Again, the government was only requiring a 50% effectiveness rate. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to these vaccines coming out. Again, like I said, there haven't been any safety issues so far. I think with as quickly as we probably need to get this vaccine out, if anything comes up that would be an unfortunate side
1: effect hopefully uh everything's going to be pretty safe yeah hopefully uh hopefully by this time next year we can you know go grocery shopping without a mask on yes, or something like that
0: that would be great and we'd love to be able to go to concerts go to restaurants and you know sadly a bari here in uh charlotte closed down because I they that. couldn't get enough business or they couldn't stay
1: in business yeah i know yeah. um there's this place over on independence they had just built it they yeah. had just opened like a few months before the pandemic mm-hmm. opened it's called coliseum b yeah it's like a vr thing right. so the last thing you want to do during a pandemic is put stuff over your eyes that other people's eyes have been on so
0: right yeah So, I mean, it's sad that some of these businesses, some of them that I really liked, like a Bari, which was like a video game bar. uh, Yeah, I've been there before, yeah. Yeah, but those of you who listen to the podcast who don't live in Charlotte may have never heard of it. So, you know, it's sad to see a place like that close. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's a pretty cool concept, especially I know Mm -hmm. you're a big retro gamer, so. Yeah,
0: definitely. And it it sucks that this pandemic has screwed so much stuff up, but hopefully this vaccine helps us get back
1: on track here. Yeah, hopefully. All right, so the normal human body temperature has dropped in the past two decades, but why? It it was two centuries ago that normal body temperature was established as 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit, or 37 degrees Celsius. But in the past two centuries, scientists have noticed a drop in average body temperature in healthy adults in both the UK and US, and even more so in the past two decades. This also occurred in the Semaine indigenous people in the Bolivian Amazon. It's unknown why body temperature is dropping in these populations.
0: Yeah, that's uh, really interesting. I don't know why that would be happening. I don't know if it's part of uh, evolution over time.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, I guess just whatever, yeah, maybe some for some reason in these communities, having a slightly uh, lower body temperature is somehow beneficial. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it's pretty warm in the Amazon, so. Yeah,
0: but, you know, I think two centuries ago, their body temperatures were like 98.6 and now it's uh, dropped a bit eh, Well, so yeah uh so anyway let's move on to a little music stuff uh put those jams in your brain man and rock out you could literally have that music in your head i mean i get music stuck in my head all the time but not like this have you ever wanted speakers which just shoot sound into your head so you could listen privately without wearing your headphones well, thanks to sound beaming technology, that can happen. An Israeli startup, Novato, I think it's pronounced, announced that the SoundBeamer 1.0, or they announced that they're coming out with that. This is the world's first branded consumer product, which uses sound beaming technology. Other companies like Hypersound have tried this, but this is a little different. Other alternatives broadcast the audio in one general direction, but Soundbeamer 1.0 beams the ultrasonic sound waves straight to your ears as you move around. It uses a 3D sensing model or module, which, at the touch of a button, seeks out the user's ears and pumps the sound waves directly to them. This device can forge and maintain pockets of sound on either side of the user's head, tracking the ear positioning so they can move around freely or so that you can move around freely without being interrupted it also works in either stereo or spatial 3d mode
1: i mean are wireless headphones really that inconvenient
0: (laughs) um i mean sometimes the headphones can irritate my ears a little bit wireless or not um sometimes i get tired of wearing them
1: after a while. I think it's pretty cool. I mean, it's definitely interesting that you have this little device that senses where your ears are and just shoots Mm -hmm. it at you, so I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. All right, so uh, 3D printed tiles help revive coral beds in Hong Kong's coastal waters. A project aiming to restore lost coral beds in the Hong Kong waters found that hexagonal clay tiles made with 3D printers provide a suitable habitat for the species to grow and repopulate. Scientists placed tiles designed to look like a coral on a seafloor on an area of Hoi Hai Wan Marine Park. After only two months, the coral had a 100% survival rate on the 3D printed tiles beds. Nice,
0: yeah. I think that's great because we've lost so many of our uh,
1: corals that it's, like, really devastating, you know? Yeah, it is tough, you know, you know, you just see, uh, you can't even look, you can see satellite imagery of, you know, a couple of decades ago. And it's visually, you can just see there's just less coral underneath the water. So it's nice that they're using able to use technology in this way to, you know, help uh, preserve these ecosystems. Right. Um,
0: so, have you seen the uh, pictures of this giant gator floating around on the internet? I have not, no. Yeah, oh, it's pretty crazy. A giant gator was spotted in Florida on a golf course during Hurricane Eva. Uh, it's 2020, so should it really surprise us? A giant alligator was spotted in Florida during a hurricane. It was seen on all four legs, and the gator continued on the golf course screen in Naples, Florida. Some call it a fake because it is so large, while others were pretty freaked out. And others still respond to the photo with memes. The largest gator length on record in Florida is 14 feet, uh, three and a half inches long. The size of your average car, basically. The heaviest weight has been 1,043 pounds it wasn't easy to tell the exact size of the gator in the photo, but yeah. I'd say it was the size of your average car uh, the photo has been
1: confirmed by some to be authentic so, uh, yeah, giant gators during a hurricane, that sounds like a scary movie or something <laughs> I know,
0: well, 2020 is a scary movie, right? Yeah, it's crazy first off and now this, right? Yeah, well you forgot about the rest of the year well, before happened?
1: Alex Trebek. I think Alex Trebek is the worst thing that happens. COVID,
0: before. murder hornets. Um. <laughs> uh, I'd rather have Alex <laughs> All there. right. All right. Yeah, I guess Alex Trebek's <laughs> probably the worst about his death. Rest in peace, Alex.
1: All right. So scientists are growing bigger monkey brains using human genes. Thus, recreating evolution. Our brain sets us apart from other primates. Now in a collaboration between German researchers at the Max Planck Institute of Molecular Cell Biology and Genetics in Japan at the Central Institute for Experimental Animals, they've used the same gene to grow a monkey brain to be bigger for the first time. This could replicate the moment in evolution where humans became separate from other primates.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, this is kind of freaky And the original article I got That's where I mentioned ethical concerns as well There's definitely ethical issues here
1: Yeah, and not to mention I mean, you you saw Dawn of the Planet of the Apes They could start like a simian flu, man
0: Yeah, we don't know what could happen here, quite frankly
1: We already got the bat flu Now we got the monkey flu to worry about
0: (laughs) Well, maybe we could fly away with uh, some electrified wingsuits from BMW because they made uh, their first electrical wingsuit. Nice. Uh, The German company sent air sports pioneer Peter Salzman into the sky at speeds of up to 186 miles per hour in their new electric wingsuit. This was a joint effort between BMW, Designworks, and Salzman, who is a professional skydiver and base jumper. The e-wingsuit is built with BMW iEV technology and powered by a chest-mounted rig. The impellers spin at 25,000 rotations per minute and produce thrust for up to 5 minutes. The aim of this wingsuit is to increase performance and eventually allow for longer distances to be covered.
1: Do you ever think that we'll get to a point where you can just put on a suit with a fan and you just fly for like an hour somewhere? Like,
0: I am Iron
1: Man. I'm more like Tungsten Man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know, now you can fly for a minute. That's pretty interesting. Yes, It seems like the dawn of like some Wright Brothers type stuff. So I'm sure, you know, mm-hmm. in another couple of decades, you'll be able to go to like the supermarket yeah. and, you know, strap the groceries to your butt and fly home <laughs> yeah definitely
0: well antonio you are inevitable take us on this last story here
1: spacex successfully launches second crew to space on first operational mission the crew dragon spacecraft successfully launched at 7:27 p.m eastern time on top of spacex's falcon 9 rocket which launched from kennedy space center in florida Four astronauts were on board, Mike Hopkins, Victor Glover, Shannon Walker, and Soichi Naguchi, the last from the Japanese Aerospace Exploration Agency. The crew has made it to the International Space Station. The Crew Dragon was designed to automatically dock with the space station without needing input from the crew inside. The Crew Dragon's first crewed flight to space happened in May and lasted two months from start to finish. It was a test flight demonstrating the vehicle can safely transport people to space and bring them back again. It had succeeded and now the Crew Dragon is the first vehicle which NASA has certified to carry humans since the space shuttle and the first private spacecraft ever to receive this designation.
0: So yeah, uh, congratulations to Elon Musk there. Congratulations to the astronauts we've sent to the space station. I mean, it's a pretty exciting time. Yeah, so we definitely. We have the
1: first certified commercial uh, spacecrafts. Mm-hmm. You know, we have these electric wingsuits. Yeah,
0: you know, and I mean the um, from what the pictures I've seen of it looks pretty nice too. You know?
1: Oh yeah, that Elon Musk. is all about style. Oh yeah. So
0: I mean, I wouldn't mind going up in one of those.
1: I always thought, like, if I could travel anywhere, I would want to check out space. I feel like, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, you can go to Japan, you can go to India, you can go to Africa, you can go to South America, but space, come on, the final frontier, Yeah,
0: I mean, we we need to go to, like, Kronos and uh, meet up with some Klingons and, you know. We go to
1: Vulcans and meet up with some Vulcans. (laughs) Oh,
0: gosh. Um, Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I see what you're saying, Yeah, All right. And... Well, that's about it for the tech news and commentary for today. I've been Joey Cagle.
1: And I've been Antonio Guerra.
0: We will catch you next time. Later. Later.